Last week, we had the privilege of introducing to you our good friend, Megan Ortega, a young lady that I believe represents one of the emerging voices of this generation. We talked about the Asbury Revival. We talked about uh, the move of God now taking place, as we see among a new generation of firebrands. And we also talked about uh, the life and legacy and the impact of the late Dr. Michael Heiser. Today, we're going to get into some new discussions about some of the things that are on the heart of Megan and how they can impact how you step into what you believe Father has called you to do. Your destiny today starts now. And welcome to this episode of Your Destiny Today with your host, Anthony Turner. Join us as we explore life and purpose from a kingdom perspective through biblical teaching, inspirational messages, and informative discussions with special guests. Our goal is to equip and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Your Destiny Today. I am your host, Anthony Turner, and we are thrilled and excited that you would join us. We have a phenomenal show today because, again, we have with us one of what I call one of this generation's emerging voices and firebrands. Uh, she is uh, one of the uh, uh, pastors and a part of the leadership team of Rivergate Church in College Station, Texas. She is um, a, a new chicken mom, as we found out last week, as well as the mother of three and uh, the wife of Mr. Michael Ortega, who also is a firebrand. And uh, so we get to uh, hear her heart about the things that father has been speaking to her she's also a part of a ministry called freedom prayer and without any further ado let us welcome megan ortega once again megan welcome to your destiny today for having me anthony i'm excited to talk to you today well we are thrilled to have you uh you know we we got into some some conversation last week that took us uh you know all over the the, the United States talking about uh, things that impact us, what's happening, what's going on. And we just kind of lightly touched on some of the things that you are personally involved in, but we wanted to have you back so that we could uh, explore some of those even to a greater measure. One of the things that we uh, heard from you is that you uh, were a part of a ministry called Freedom Prayer, and that was very, very intriguing. You know, we've, uh, we've got a lot of things going on in our, our nation and in our world. And so as you began to uh, even just introduce that, it was, it was quite interesting and I wanted to know more. So what I would like you to do is just kind of, I'm just going to open, open the microphone up to you just to tell us what's on your heart and, 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 Anything else the Father lays on your heart? Okay, well, thank you. 
Um, yeah, so I was going to just tell a little bit about how we came to Freedom Prayer and kind of talk through what it is because it kind of sounds nebulous sometimes. Okay. Um, but so what happened probably around six years ago, seven years ago, we, um, I was on Facebook and uh, there's a gentleman named Andy Reese. And back in the day, he used to do these things. He called them bleats because uh, they were longer than a tweet, but shorter than a blog. <laughs> okay. And uh, he's, he's a real interesting guy, deep thinker. And so I got, uh, I started following him. Well, one day um, he, he posts about a book he had written called Freedom Tools. And he says in the book, uh, or in the in the post, he says, "Do you pray for people um, often, and you don't see any change happening in their life?" And I'm like, "Yes, that happens to me all the time." And it's like, "Are there issues in your life that you feel like hold you back in your walk with God?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, yes, there are." <laughs> and uh, so he's like, he talks about doing what he calls uh, spiritual first aid through these things called freedom tools, and I'm very intrigued, so I buy the book. And um, I read, uh, I read the book, and basically, there's just all these stories about God moving in people's lives, and I kind of call it mini revival, because uh, it's a one person uh, that the Lord is is just pouring into, and and a team of people are pouring into that evening. Um, usually, we do it at night. You can mm-hmm. do it in the morning, I guess. Um, but um, so it's the Lord just meeting with people, and. Um, taking out lies that they've believed about him or themselves, um, dealing with sin um, and uh, healing their hearts from past wounds and trauma and abuse. And um, so it's just all these amazing things that um, that God is doing through these freedom prayer sessions. And this book is full of these examples. So my heart is just set on fire because I would love to be part of God restoring people's hearts, you know? Right. And, um, and so um, at the end of the book, it says, do you want to start a freedom prayer team at your church? Call this number if you do. And so I call the number and the co-author answers the book. It's uh, Jennifer Barnett. It was the co-author of that book. And she... Uh, sat and just graciously talked to me for about an hour and um, she was so kind so welcoming and she uh, told me that if I could get to San Antonio um, we're about two hours away if I could get to San Antonio that she and her team would train me and my buddies because we didn't even have a team Um, (laughs) there was like four of us and uh, so my husband and two ladies from the church we we go caravan to San Antonio and we get there they give us our own freedom prayer sessions. They feed us. They watch our children. Um, wow. They were so gracious. Yeah. And then in the evening, they or the afternoon, they give us this training session for forgiveness. How do you walk people through forgiveness? And then they just say, okay, well, just go practice on each other. <laughs> and we're, okay. Uh, just a little intimidated by that. <laughs> afraid we're going to screw each other up. Uh but they were like, don't you worry, you won't do it. And you just, you practice until you feel ready and then you can start taking people on. So we did, um, we did. And that's, that's what we do now uh, all the time. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And even as we were training, you know, God was setting us free in real time. Wow. And um, he was working, even though it's just quote unquote practice, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it was a beautiful time. Um, 
uh, that we had with each other. And um, so one of my friends who went with me uh, to do the, uh, to, to get trained in freedom prayer, she sent me this video of uh, the first sermon preached that started the Asbury revival. Okay. And it was their chaplain. Um, and the chaplain was saying um, he basically did uh, freedom prayer right there. Um, he said, you know, if there has been a time, or he, he talked about uh, love. Um, he talked about being perfected in the love of God and how it's impossible to be perfected in the love of God in our own strength. And um, he gave examples of how imperfect even he was just that day, you know, in his own strength. And then he said, um, you know, there, there have been times where people have called, uh, called abuse love. And wow. uh, if, yeah, and it was like, whether it's parents, whether it's church leaders, you know, if someone has abused you and called it love, I want to pray for you because the only way you can be perfected in love and live this Christian life is to really encounter the love of God for yourself. And so he offers to pray for these kids. And then that's how the Asbury revival started. Wow. And I freaked out because I was like, oh my gosh, this is freedom prayer. Like that is what we do is, is bring people to Jesus and help them encounter his love. Wow. And uh, it's just the most beautiful thing to watch people encounter the love of God. But I can tell you that as a person who does freedom prayer is I've never uh, done a session where God didn't work in my own heart as well. And uh, just to be able to take that, that uh, truth that he's sharing with other people, whether it's uh, truth that that you have believing, been believing lies and you therefore have been living your life based on lies mm -hmm. um, or you, you know, have wounding or a combination or you've had trauma in your life. Um, uh, God just meets you exactly where you are and just brings you to himself. And um, so, so to me, um, when I look at freedom prayer, um, it's, it's this gap or it fills this gap between um the individual and then the collective or the corporate. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at the state of, you know, the world, our country, um, what the United States is going through right now, mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, just individuals having, you know, so much going on in their own lives, um, it's hard to see how um, anything could sustain any sort of a change. So even if the person you absolutely love is uh, elected president, or if the person that you love is elected to Congress or as your governor, or even as your mayor, mm -hmm. um, will the changes they make to policy actually, do, can you sustain those as an individual person? Right. Um, and that, I think, is one of the devices and the tactics of the enemy is to make the world look like it's such a mess at such a grand scale that we are powerless to uh, do anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a real scheme and tactic of the enemy is to get us to look outside. Um, when Jesus um, calls us, he says um, that any of you who hears these words of mine and does them, is like a wise man who built his house on uh, a rock mm -hmm. and that the rains come and the winds blow and beat on that house. Um, but it does not fall because it is built on the rock. Amen. Amen. 
And so I would say that um, in our own lives uh, and in our own small sphere of influence, our friends, our family, um, our, our work, that is our life being built on the words of Jesus. And are we, um, are we able to withstand the storms that life brings? Yeah. Um, and I would say that we are in a place of storm. Uh, nationally, um, maybe personally, people are in a place of storm. I know my husband and I have gone through that recently. And, mm-hmm. um, and I would have to say that um, my, the work that I've done in Freedom Prayer um, on, in my own life, but then also the work that I've helped other people do, um, it's helped me build my life on that rock that is Jesus and help me to learn to abide in him in such a way that whenever the storms overwhelm that I don't lose anchor because I'm anchored to him. Right. And, um, and then I would say that if we're all in the spot where we're able to anchor to Jesus, um, that, uh, then if everybody's able to anchor to Jesus, then, you know, things do change. Um, and it takes, uh, it, it feels so much slower and it feels, um, it feels like we're not taking the time to address the things that are going on outside of us. I think Mm -hmm. that's the, the fear that a lot of us have is that if I turn and only deal with my own stuff, you know, uh, who's going to take care of the big stuff. Right. Um, but I feel like, um, God would have us to, uh, to do the thing that is the closest to us. Um, the thing that we have full control over the, you know, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so to, to be able to turn and say, okay, Jesus, like, what do you want to do in my life, in my own heart? And then once he's able to address these things, then you're able to sustain uh, the changes that you want to see, whether it's a personal change or whether it's a law changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're able to, you're able to withstand um, a bigger storm than you would have been able to otherwise. That's good. So yeah, those are, I guess that's my, that's my pitch for freedom prayer. Um, But it is my heart for um, the body of Christ in general to be able to turn and um, just really encounter the Lord and not have just a moment with him, but to begin to cultivate a lifetime of walking with him closely. That's so good. Well, you touched on several things that I would like to kind of uh, go back and maybe itemize. One of them being uh, the how overwhelming it is when you look at everything that's going on in the world. And we do have a tendency of thinking that the only way that, you know, we have to, the only way that we can see a change uh, is from a, macro perspective we or an overarching perspective even though we may look at ourselves and say well I don't have that type of influence but mm-hmm. even as you were uh, just sharing and talking uh, from your heart I remember uh, something I I have the privilege of uh, uh, knowing uh, a well-known person missionary in Mozambique her name is Heidi Baker And she actually wrote a book that just uh, talked about loving the one in front of you. Mm. And, uh, and as you were talking, that came to mind, there were several things that came to mind because, uh, you know, when we look at uh, the enormity of challenges and problems, 
many times we will, without realizing it, we will um, almost uh, ev- just remove ourselves from it because we think, what can one person do? Mm. But when we look at the reality that whatever sphere we have been given by the Father to tend that garden or to 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 take care of those things right in front of us to to it may just be just the one person or it may just be my as a mom it may not be like you said I may not you know I'm not president of the United States I'm not governor of a state but I'm 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 a mom or I'm a dad and and I've got uh my wife my children uh, myself uh if we if we kind of pull it in and begin to just take one step at a time uh, and not make it so large. If all of us take on that, uh, that role, then it becomes a lot more uh, manageable to accomplish what we, what we believe father has called us to, because he's given us each uh, a role and a responsibility in mind. Mine may not be as big as what he's called you to do, but if I if I steward what he's given me, uh, then then I open the door uh, for him to even uh, increase my sphere of influence. Like the scripture says, when he says, "If you're faithful over a few things, then mm-hmm. I make you ruler over many." So, uh, like I said, as you were talking, I'm I'm, I'm all of these things are just racing through my mind. And what would you say, I mean, like in, in regard, in, in context with freedom prayer, for, for someone who feels like they are overwhelmed, and I'm sure you probably uh, encounter this even when you are ministering to a person one-on-one. Um, what what do you do or what do you say to a person who feels like they are completely uh overwhelmed and that they're drowning in the sea of whatever? Mm. Well, that's a, that's a great question because in freedom prayer, we do see people who have lots of trauma and sometimes a lifetime worth of trauma. And it is a, um, it's, you know, if you're 50 and you have been abused for 30 years or Mm. 50 years, it is a lot to walk through. And I personally will listen to some people talk and, Oh, Jesus, please help us. Like, where do we even start this thing? Um, and so the, the beautiful thing about freedom prayer is that it's mostly questions. And, um, and so we just ask Jesus and it is so simple. And the, the, the point is, uh, we usually will start by just sitting and quieting ourselves and saying, Jesus, can you show me what you want to do in my heart today? And wow. we just wait. And it's beautiful because God has made our senses. He, he created us, um, body, soul, and spirit. And so uh, I always tell people, this is my silly spiel at the beginning, but I <laughs> tell people that you are like an antenna and that and God can speak to you. And he might speak through your sense of smell. He might speak through your imagination. He might speak through the word and show you a scripture that you hadn't thought of for a long time. Mm. Um, he might just put a word in your heart. Um, and so a lot of people are, are, I guess, intimidated that they can't hear from the Lord, but um, they actually can. It's just yeah. a matter of quieting yourself. And then um, if they're like, I hear nothing, 
well, you know, then we, then we figure out why there's a block between uh, people being able to get to Jesus at all. Wow. So if they feel super far away from him, of course they can't hear from him. Mm -hmm. So then that becomes the work that we do in the session um, is, okay, let's, uh, you know, if I say picture father God, like what's the first, uh, you know, thing that pops in your head and people often say, uh, the Lincoln Memorial, I see Abraham Lincoln sitting on a throne and, uh, and he's cold and he's far away. And I'm, well, where are you? Well, I'm very far away from him. Mm-hmm. And so is that, is that the loving Jesus that, you know, said, let the little children come to me? No, that's not. Um, and so we do some work then to, we work on their theology at that point, but like we, and so we bring scripture into it, but a lot of it is just questions. And, um, and then allowing the person to practice asking Jesus, uh, you know, what to do, what do we do next? And, um, and so I would say probably 90% of what I do is just asking well-placed questions. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, as you were talking, even in regard to that, I'm thinking about, like you said, people who come and they are just flooded They're They are flooded with, um, just all of these things that seem to be uh, just uh, 50 years or 30 years uh, of trauma. But it seems like one of the things that you help them do is recalibrate how they see, not to, not to try to see it all as one massive thing that is, that is uh, impossible or impenetrable. But there's a little a little story about uh, where I heard this one young kid once say, uh, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? And we know this uh, proverbial statement, one bite at a time. So, so it's like what, what, so what, what I'm hearing is that you teach people how to uh, not try to make a stride from California to New, to New York, but to start their journey one step at a time. Yes, that is exactly it. And then that's even, even learning to trust Jesus with your life is like being able to quiet yourself enough to say, I, I will not worry about the next thing or the next five things. I will worry about just what is in front of me and Jesus, what do you want me to do with this one thing? Um, that's in front of me. And, you know, it's very often that if we pick on one thing going on in life, it's like a garden where you pull a weed out. Yeah. And if you get down to the roots, then the the, the root goes far and uh, it pulls up something far away from the uh, where the sprout is. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, well, I had no idea. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I'm always angry whenever, uh, you know, whenever my husband asks me to make dinner and it's like, uh, you know, Jesus, why am I angry when my husband asks me to make dinner? Well, Oh, because when I was a child, like, uh, my mother screamed at me, you know, whenever I was, she was trying to teach me to cook or whatever. Like, I mean, that's a, that's an easy example, but there's, there's, it's weird how things are connected in our minds. And usually it takes, um, somebody else listening to you, uh, to ask questions before you will realize connections going on. And, um, also that's one of the things you just need people with you. Um, 
And there are so many times, I think, where uh, the enemy succeeds in isolating us to tell us we're the only person who would ever, who has gone through this, that, you know, my shame is too deep or else I'm, I feel foolish or stupid for having done this thing or thought this thing and no one would ever understand or love me anymore if I told somebody about it. Yeah. Like that's just the biggest lie of the enemy. And it's like, he's so unoriginal. He does it to everybody. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> you get together and then, uh, and you talk, you, you, know, you talk to each other and you're like, Oh, well me too. Um, and, and the Lord just brings such freedom, even in, in the speaking. And he he does ask the body of Christ to come together. There's a reason we're a body and not just these individuals, um, we're connected. And so that's another thing I love about freedom prayer is that, um, it's not alone. Like you're not alone. You're with a a group of people and it it feels intimidating sometimes the first time you do. Mm -hmm. And I even try to avoid the phrase like inner healing because that's a little touchy, you know? Um, and it, it makes people afraid and, and worried that like, you know, they're going to throw up green stuff in a, in a deliverance or something, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes yeah, you know, that's I've true. never personally had anybody do that. Um, but, <laughs> um, but it's, it's amazing how joyful, you know, repentance can be. It's amazing yeah. how joyful it is to um, encounter God. And my brother says this phrase and I love it. He says the the conviction of the Holy spirit is always lemony fresh. Wow. Um, meaning that, yeah, I love it because it's how you tell the voice of the enemy from the voice of God is, you know, conviction is, is true and good and right, but it always calls you back to the father and it always says, return to me. I love you. Return to me. And that thing you're doing, I hate it. Not because, you know, it's arbitrary that I hate it. I hate it because it destroys you and stop partnering with the thing that will destroy you. Yeah. Um, and so that is, um, that's one of those things that I love about the voice of God is that it is restorative and it is, um, even in calling your actions, like, please don't do that anymore. <laughs> like that's wrong. Yeah. Um, even in that he's always, ca- the reason he does that is because he's always calling you to relationship with himself. Um, and, you know, to tie even back to last week, that is one of the things that actually I, I got from Dr. Heiser. I mean, I got it from other people and the Bible as well. Yes. But just a reminder that the enemy, the enemy's function is always to isolate you um, from God and others mm-hmm. and then to destroy you or get yeah. you to destroy yourself. And um, and so and when you think of sin in terms of God hates the thing that is causing you to destroy yourself, then it becomes a lot more compassionate when you call people out of their sin. Right. And it is, you know, this, thus saith the Lord, you know, turn <laughs> or burn. Um, and I mean, you know, it's, it's more like, what have you done to yourself? Like, please stop. I love you. I don't want to see you destroyed. Right. So uh, that's one of those things I love about freedom prayer is that it is so full of, the heart of the father to call people back to himself. Amen. Well, one of the things that I, I was listening to and, and thing that blessed me uh, is the fact that it, I realized how important it is to have people that walk with you mm. and to have people that, um, that can help you navigate uh, the, the chaos that, that may be swirling you because that's that's part of uh, the plot of the enemy too is to get you so uh, in the swirl of chaos that that you cannot 
hear the voice of Jesus. I, me- I remember mm. you were just saying that one of the things that you do is you you kind of help people recalibrate to to eliminate all of the um, noises and all of the all of the distractions that would not that would prevent them from hearing the voice. So uh, would you speak just a little bit again on how, how do you feel about our, our necessity to, to have people help us whenever we find ourselves in that place of confusion? Hmm. Actually, that is one of my very favorite things is, and actually you talked about this when you talked to us was uh, having a solemn assembly. Yeah. Um, Meaning, you know, just a time where you talk about something that, you know, could be wrong, that is a serious issue uh, in your life or in a, in the life of a church and um, where you come together and you just talk about what's real and what's true um, and what's actually happening or going on. And one of the things, um, my husband is actually amazing at this. Yeah. Um, he listens and poor guy. Uh, I'm a deep thinker and I am very abstract and theoretical, as you can tell. And um, I'm always going off, you know, uh, in my mind, you know, taking these these walks of, well, what if this and what if this and what if this? And the downside to that is that I can make up an imaginary issue in my head. <laughs> and um, and the thing that I've noticed with my husband is that he's so good at listening to me. And I tell him what's going on. Just this is the the thought or the worry that keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And trying to be as gracious as he can, um, he will be like, is that real? <laughs> you know, is the thing that you're worried about, <laughs> is that actually real? Is that happening <laughs> at this moment? Or do, is it really likely to happen in the next few moments? Um, and I'm like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> okay, so we're going to bring the temperature down. You know, and the poor guy, I'm like, will you please just tell me if I'm crazy? And he's like, oh, yeah, babe, you're crazy. Like, that's not real. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm not crazy. Uh, because um, it, it's like when you're being told a lie by the enemy and yeah. you don't say what is happening to you, then that is his playground. He can just sit there and, and lie to you and literally like a cat plays with a ball of yarn, just play with your brain. Right. And as long as it stays hidden, that yarn stays right in front of him. But um, when you talk to a friend and or a loved one, someone that is a trustworthy person, not someone who's going to partner with the enemy right. and, you know, mess with your brain. Yeah. Um, that, that that is uh, the way to just nine times out of 10, that's, that foils the enemy, just the, the act of saying it out loud. Right. So foils the enemy's plot in your life to steal, kill, and destroy. And, um, and so, uh, and very often too, I would say when we are in ministry, quote unquote, in ministry, there are, there are times where we get so concerned about our own reputations, mm-hmm. um, or even we get into a spot where there's no one around us who can listen to us because we're their shepherd. Wow. Um, and, and, and you don't want to scare the sheep. And so I would say that so often people get afraid of scaring their sheep and right. they won't be real or honest with what's going on in their lives. Right. And then that's the spot that the enemy uses to take you out. Um, so I say there always should be at least two or three people that know 
your crazy intrusive thoughts <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and your struggles and your tendencies towards selfishness and then to cultivate that attitude of not being defensive when those people say, hey, my darling, this thing is happening. You're doing this thing um, that we don't, you know, immediately try to defend ourselves against their truth telling wow. uh, in our lives. Um, and to obviously be gracious with each other Amen. when we're doing that. But um, everybody needs that. There is no person that is above needing uh, people in your life that can tell you the truth, who are authorized to tell you the truth and to, um, and who are, can poker face at least for five minutes when you say the crazy thing going on yeah. inside your heart and mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is so important. It's just so important to well, be that for each other. Yeah. That is so awesome. One of the things is, as you were talking, I, I just began, it, it's just began to stir in me how paramount it is for us to have, um, these relationships, um, not some it doesn't I mean when you're talking about freedom prayer I'm sure that there are people that you minister to that you have not known for 20 years but but just by being relational and also being a safe place for someone to share their heart uh, that seems to be another facet that's necessary or another ingredient in order to have this this atmosphere where God can begin to bring you back to a place of truth is, do you find that to be the case? Yes, for sure. Um, you, that that's a, that's 100%. Um, you've got to be, um, the person who has over a long period of time, um, not been one to react or to um, demean or belittle people when they share their weaknesses or their faults with you. Yes. Um, and that has to be something that you do um, because people are watching you when you're not realizing. Yeah. Um, and so if you're the person who screams at somebody because they um, made a mistake, um, then they're not going to be able to share their, their dark stuff with you because yeah. they know that you're not a person who is able to handle their dark stuff. Yeah. Um, or if you're more concerned about things being perfect than you are about them being good, then, or not, I don't mean it in that way. I mean, like you're concerned about the appearance of them right. uh, looking perfect yeah, um, or performing perfectly rather than being a person of integrity. If that right. makes sense. Um, so I would say, yeah, that has to be something that you do. And it's one of those things that is that little by little thing that eating that elephant one spoon at a time. Yeah. Uh, is that that every day walking around and and being um, uh, being a person of integrity and a person who um, is willing to graciously accept people who um, are not perfect? Yes. So, like um, us, and then <laughs> exactly like all of us. Yeah. Um, and I want to quote you to you, um, and you're going to have to remind me of the scripture reference for this. But you were talking about uh, walking through the door of destiny. Um, when you were visiting us and you talked about these four kinds of worms or, or pestilences 
that were that were um, mentioned in the thing that would ruin a harvest yes. and two attack from the outside and two attack from the inside. Yes. Um, what was the re- reference on that? That's in Joel chapter two, verse 25. And um, God says there, I will restore the years that the locust, mm. the canker worm, the caterpillar and the palmer worm have eaten. And doing a deep dive, I found out that, you know, the, the, we know, Basically, locusts and caterpillars are are some that we're more familiar with, but the canker and the palmer worm are are those types of predators or insects that literally burrow on the inside and eat their way out. All four mm. will destroy vegetation, and mm-hmm. uh, and the Lord just really rem- uh, used that for me to to say, you know, because a lot of times it's very easy for us to identify the destructive things on the outside, but we don't realize that sometimes there are those things that have burrowed on the inside, those things that we believe that are like, I'm I'm listening to you even as you were talking about how Michael brings you back by, by dealing with the, those internal uh, things that, that are not, that are not founded in truth. Yeah. Um, and he well, and so I also have to share a little bit more about my story. I'm I'm I suppose I'm a bridgey kind of a generation. Yeah, I'm not super. I'm not you know 20 anymore. <laughs> um, but so I what all that to say is that I have been through um, some pretty terrible um, church problems yeah. in my in my day. Uh, I, I was like to say I was born in the pews. <laughs> um, uh, and so, so I've been around I. the block. <laughs> I've been around the block in ministry for a little bit, a little bit of time. And I have to say that the thing that has brought down um, in my personal life, at least two of my ministers, has been internal things, not external things. Wow. Um, and that's part of why I'm so passionate about freedom prayer, is because um, I know that leaders need this too. Yeah. And um, and that's why I also we call it Brazos Valley, which is our our region. It's a seven county area. And my my heart is to have people who are leaders in other churches if they don't feel like they can go to someone in their church to to be able to come to us um, because we don't have a. a horse in the race, you know, or whatever you say, a dog in the fight. That's the one. Yes. Um, and, and to just be able to listen to people because, um, I would say that, you know, nine times out of 10, we destroy ourselves. Um, in, um, when we're in places of ministry, when we, when we say that the, the work that God is doing through us is more important than our relationship with God himself. Yeah. Um, and so I love that, that thing that you said, that it's that internal thing that is just as apt to destroy us as it is the external, right. the external thing. Um, and there's, um, <clears throat> my, uh, one of my, um, my mentors and, and, uh, people who have sown into my, my life, um, is Jeff Snodgrass. He, he said he had this vision at uh, the beginning of COVID and it was a church door, uh, two church doors and they had big chains around them. And it says she lacked strength. Wow. And, and it's like, if we go, okay, well we can rail at the government for telling us that our, that we needed to close our doors. Yes. Um, but what was our internal conversation at that moment? Was it, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to be sued because someone's going to get sick at my church. Yeah. Or, you know, someone's going to post a, a Facebook post uh, taking, telling me that I'm terrible because someone got sick at our church. So we close our doors. Wow. You know, or is it like, so what's the root of that issue? Like mm -hmm. the root of that issue is a fear of man. And then a, a, a lifting up of our personal reputation ministry ahead of what God is actually calling us to do, which is to stand you know, stand firm in our day. And, you know, it's neither here nor there. Like you can come up with reasons why, yes. you know, for a couple of weeks you needed to hold off. Yeah. And, you know, we held off for a couple of weeks. Yes. Um, you know, whenever COVID first came out, but then like once we were like, nope, like we cannot not be together. Right. Um, and that was the other thing you said too, is we need the body of Christ. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we can't say we cannot bow to external pressures, but like, the, the ability to not bow to external pressures is related to what is happening in my own heart and mind and what are the, the faults or the places that I haven't dealt with with Jesus. And so this pressure is going to cause me to collapse because I've let this canker worm eat away, you know, at the inside of me. Yes. Um, and so I, I feel so strongly that um, it's so much easier to rail against what is externally happening to us than it is to say, okay, Jesus, where have I not been building my life on your firm foundation? That is so good. That's so good. Well, one of the things that you just triggered me with was the fact that um, I, I just thought about this because many times those external um, uh, stimuli are, they trigger internal things that, mm. that, Sometimes we may not even know are there, but mm. many times it's the external, uh, con you know, contending against whatever, uh, you know, the external thing that's coming against me. Um, I, I'm I'm just reminded of what Jesus said one time to his disciples when he says Satan comes. So we know that the enemy's coming. You know, mm. the the Bible said that he's he's he's. You know, if you are a son or a daughter of God, the enemy's coming after you. But but Jesus says this in the word. He says, Satan comes and he finds nothing in me. Mm. So if there's nothing for him to latch his lie to uh, or hook him, you know, hook that 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 lie to it, it has no effect on me. So I'm thinking as you were just talking in regard to what your mentor stated in, in that vision is sometimes the external stimuli reveals that there's something within me that needs to be uh, recalibrated so that, so that I'm not affected by the external stimuli. Oh, so agreed. So agreed. And, and to kind of take that, I would say, um, uh, I'll, I'll use a, I'll use an old English phrase, and I'm quoting the Bible here. Uh -huh. um, but well, not the Bible, but I'm quoting Saint Augustine. He called our flesh. He called it brother ass. Uh, we can say donkey. Uh -huh. um, my children get mad at me whenever they read old things, and they tell me I I, I gave them books with cuss words. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Saint Augustine, he called the flesh uh, brother donkey, and he basically said you you have to treat yourself as you would a, uh, a stubborn mule who needs to be cared for. You gotta be watered, you gotta be fed, and uh, you're useful, 
but you have to work with that animal, right? And and so I feel like so often the enemy will even take that that external pressure, uh-huh. and then he'll say the internal one that he says is, if you stop to deal with this, you're admitting weakness. Wow. And wow. it's like no. Um, I'm, I'm a, a silly donkey and sometimes silly donkeys are silly and we just got to deal with what we've got and we've got to stop and, and handle the situation, um, before it turns into something different. And so if we have the humility to say, I'm, I'm a silly donkey and Jesus loves me, he rode into Jerusalem on a colt on a donkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if Jesus can ride, ride a, a donkey colt, then I can be a donkey colt and I can be foolish um, in that moment and stop and ask for help and wow. stop and say, I'm not um, above being foolish. I'm not above being triggered. Um, I've not become so healthy that nothing ever triggers me anymore um, because that is a win thing. Yeah. Like what you just said, it's a win not an if and uh, none of us um, have gotten through life without some scars you know absolutely absolutely well one of the things too um, in our final minutes here there's 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 just a couple of things I'd like to touch on one being again as you were talking I'm I'm thinking about how often um, situations that we find ourselves in uh, our opportunities, you know, uh, many times the things that we're dealing with or things that come against us, I, I like to say this, if 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 the enemy is coming with he, uh, with a vengeance against who against you, against your family, it's usually an indication that he sees you as a threat, because if you weren't a threat, there would be no need to, uh, d- you know, uh, bring so many resources of his resources to mm. to stop you. You know, if, if we're talking warfare here, you you never the enemy never uses or uh, appropriates his resources for something that's benign. It's the thing that causes the great threat, and mm. so I I see that right now. That one of the things that I think that that uh, is happening in the earth is we know we've gotten so many prophetic words and words, I mean, you can look in, in, in the word and, and, and God talks about uh, the things that uh, he's going to do. One scripture in Isaiah says, I'm going to work and who's going to stop it? Mm. So when, you, when, when we know that, I, I, even in light of what freedom prayer can do i see it as a one of those even the fact that the book was called freedom tools uh so father is once again uh opening the door for us to have the tools that are necessary to be recalibrated to the place that we've been uh ordained by him before the foundation of the world to walk into so I, I think, you know, that this is a wake-up call. I think that this time it's, a, it's an opportunity. Um, uh, uh, you know, there was a, I think John F. Kennedy once mentioned, he kind of uh, took a liberty with it, but he in one of his campaign speeches he talked about a, a Chinese character that uh, is, the word, um, is the word crisis, 
but uh, there's a portion of the character that also means our opportunity. It actually mm. doesn't, but it does mean this. It means turning point. So mm. I feel like, which is even more powerful for me. So I yes. feel like we're, uh, we are as the, 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 the church universal and the church uh, on a, on a micro scale or even in our neighborhood or community or even the personal church, like I like to say with the, our family, this is a mm. turning point. All of the things, this is all of the things that have come against us that are affecting us are an indication that there are, there are tools that we need to sharpen or recalibrate to get back into the place where God has called us before the foundation of the world. Mm, yes. Uh, so agreed. So agreed. And I can, you know, bring it, bring it right back to Dr. Heiser. Like just that, like the fact that we're made in the image of almighty God, mm -hmm. that is the thing that the enemy hates that the enemy yes. hates humanity. And you yes. can see as he is twisting our humanity so badly right now. Right. Um, and that is the place that's that identity point of being the Lord's um, and, and, and going through your, your place in all of those, like you talked about the universal and the, the corporate and the, the, just the small, that is the place that you are the imager of God. Wow. Um, and just restoring the image of God um, is spiritual warfare. And uh, I just so, I so agree. Like the enemy doesn't come after you for nothing. It's, right. he, he hates you and he's afraid of you. And, but being the image of God, um, that's not a doing thing. That's a being thing. That's a you being. know, that's yeah. so good. So good. That is so, so good. Uh, yeah. So I would say that, yes, the, 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 the Lord has beautiful things, um, in restoring the image of God. Like he, he says, I've made all things new. And, and if you look, you know, the, the Bible starts at a garden and it ends in a city. Yeah. Um, but the same thing is happening in that city than was happening in that garden. Wow. And that is that, that we will be his people and he will be our God. Um, and that he will tabernacle or he will dwell with us forever. And so that's that thing that never gets old. It never goes out of style, never goes out of season. And it's always been God's plan A. So um, that, that is, is, you're right. It's that opportunity to seek him, opportunity to be um, his alone. Um, and, and that opportunity doesn't go away. Um, That's so good. Even, yeah. Well, I think so. one of the things you've brought us back full circle to the whole point of even, uh, talking about freedom prayer, it is a tool that also, um, recalibrates us to know how to abide in him. Mm, yes. And so, um, I, I am just so thrilled and so blessed that it, it's, it's always so good to get to uh, just talk with you and 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 have these discussions and and with your permission, I'm 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 going to mention something uh, that you and I've been talking about. Um, one of the things that we we kind of bantered back and forth when we were together a few weeks ago was uh, us maybe on a monthly. Uh, a monthly basis having these types of discussions on uh, on a podcast and uh, it right now it may be your destiny today but moving forward it may be what 
what Father is envisioning you to do. And so um, I, I'm looking forward to that. If But I also, I don't want to put you on the spot, but but at the same time, I want to, is that something that, that, that you would be willing to do? Yes, I would. Well, especially the monthly thing. And I would, I would love to start my own podcast and I hope that I will get to, <laughs> I hope I will get to that spot. Um, but 100%, I would love to, to meet uh, with you monthly for sure. Um, and then my, my hope and prayer is um, that we'll be able to move into um, maybe uh, starting that the other platform, um, but we'll just have to have to move uh, carefully with that one. So. Well, that is not a big concern for me because I just I'm so blessed by uh, you and your wisdom and everything that you carry. I like I said, I I meant that at the very beginning. You are one of those emerging voices for a generation, and and I believe that Father. Uh, uniquely, even the fact that you were re- referring to the fact that you're uh, somewhat of a bridger, and I always see those those are the ones that can connect and that can bring continuity. And so uh, I I have all the confidence in the world that moving forward, uh, your voice and there will be that platform. Uh, and but but also I'm also excited about the uh, the the privilege that we'll get to, to uh, have uh, monthly uh, powwows and, and conversations that we can bring a listening audience into. So I am very, very excited about what the future holds. And uh, once again, to our, view, uh, to our listening audience, I, I'm just encouraging you um, uh, to, to make sure that you subscribe our uh, podcast can be found on uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple, uh, I mean Amazon Music, and Spotify. So hit the subscribe button because I'm telling you, you do not want to miss whenever we do have our monthly uh, uh, times of conversation. These are enriching, and it's it's good to hear what God is doing. And uh, once again, I'm going to, uh, I know we, we said this last week, but I want um, Megan to give us the information again as to how she can be reached or how you, if you're interested uh, in discovering how to contact someone to go through freedom prayer or if you're interested even in 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 starting that in your own area region or church so megan you want to give us that information how can you be reached and how can uh someone get more information about freedom prayer yes so the best way uh from for our freedom prayer team at um if you're in in uh near us in the brazos valley it would be freedom prayer bv like brazos valley.com okay and uh then if you're national um and actually if you're national um it would be freedomprayer.org okay um and they would be able to hook you up we're actually about to start doing um zoom freedom prayers uh to make ourselves available to big freedom prayer is what yeah. i call them um uh, via zoom um you know, so if people are asking freedom prayer, big freedom prayer for, for a session and they don't have 
um, somebody available, they, they could be asking us. So I guess it's the same place. <laughs> okay, that sounds awesome. So again, you heard it, Freedom Prayer BV, uh, Bravo or Brazos Valley, dot com or freedomprayer.org those are the ways that you can get connected uh with freedom prayer and and um and also with uh, megan if you're in the brazos valley plus you if you uh subscribe here you'll be able to hear uh her voice once a month talk about different topics as as the father leads us and so i am overjoyed to uh once again get to partner with my friend and this uh, voice of a generation, Megan Ortega. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being with us and uh, looking forward to the next time we are together. Well, it was my honor to talk with you today. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Well, to our listening audience, we we do want to just say once again, thank you. We're so blessed and honored that you joined us today. And we are looking forward to what the Father has in the future. And uh, just know you can find us on all of the platforms. We are uh, going to have some special guests coming in future days. So we look forward to having you on. God bless you. So glad. You've been listening to Your Destiny Today with Anthony Turner. To join us each week, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. To find out more or to invite Anthony to your next conference or event, go to destinymi.com.